Well, we are in the final stretch, as they would say, I would imagine, when you got about two weeks to go in a campaign, you're making adjustments on the fly, trying to get things done, and I am curious to know what young Brad Bradford has to say about this. Good morning, Brad. Good morning. How are you doing, Rob? I am okay, and what I would say is uh, it's got to be crunch time for you. Are you starting to feel some pressure? Are you excited about what lies ahead? Give me uh, your pulse rate right now heading into the final stretch. Well, just uh, started off the morning with a couple shots of espresso. We got a new baby at home, so uh, the days are long and so are the nights. But uh, So the pulse is ticking, uh, but the vibes and the energy are good. We're out there every day uh, having those really important conversations with thousands of Torontonians. And I think, you know what, for the first time, folks are really starting to tune in. It's interesting because, you know, we've been campaigning for several months now. Um, you know, the media has been following this election closely, but... Regular Torontonians are kind of living their lives. They're, they're doing their day-to-day. They're fighting to put food on the table. They're taking their kids to school. Uh, and I think it's now that people are really starting to tune in and think about what's at stake for June 26. So we're out there fighting for affordability and community safety and unlocking the gridlock. And it's a message that resonates. When former Mayor Tory stepped away, I have one question. How long does it take somebody like you to get a campaign organized? I mean, it was so dramatic. It happened so quickly. You talk about the people of Toronto starting to tune in now. How long does it take for someone to get everything together, get organized, and then start pounding the pavement? That's a good question. And I can tell you, I I was not planning on running for mayor in 2023. Uh, So, you know, we were kind of building this thing from the ground up. Uh, You know, we hadn't put a lot of that stuff together in advance. Um, we were very consumed with uh, leading the planning and housing file at City Hall and, and pushing for affordability. So when all of that took place, I guess, back in February or January, whenever that was, um, you know, it wasn't an immediate, we need to run for mayor, this is what we need to do. Uh, I obviously got phone calls and advice from different folks, and uh, we spent, you know, probably a month having those conversations about what's at stake for the city, what type of leadership is needed um, are we best positioned to respond? And that, that came together in a campaign, but you know, it's a lot of work trying to stand something up across the entire city. Uh, I've obviously run for council twice now successfully on the councillor in beaches, East York, but I could tell you that's the equivalent of one federal riding. And when you run for mayor, you're doing that 25 times over 25 federal ridings across this big, beautiful city. So there's a lot of moving pieces that you got to put together. One of the things that you announced in the last couple of days was the fact that you wanted to get people out of shelters and into homes. And I said just before the break, that's a that's a, a great campaign promise, but there's a lot of work that goes in behind that. Can you flesh that out for some of the potential voters here as to you know what the goal is and how do you break that down? Well, that's right. I mean, we are in a housing crisis here in the city of Toronto. And whether you're a young family like mine or you're a senior who's looking to... Uh, to stay in the community or you're a new Canadian, uh, you know, who's recently immigrated here, there is a ton of pressure on our housing system. And the the future success of Toronto, of course, is predicated on the fact that if you want to be here, we want to have you, and there's a place for you to call home. Now, the reality is we have thousands of refugees and asylum seekers coming to this city, um, you know, every year. And of course, we're a caring and compassionate city. We want to help. But on any given night, our shelter system is 30% occupied by refugees and asylum seekers. We have gone from 6,000 shelter beds 
to 9,000 shelter beds over the past number of years, and they are always 99% full. So this is a conversation that we need to have with the federal government because they are making you know, decisions unilaterally about asylum seekers and refugees. That's their jurisdiction. But local government, the city of Toronto, is left holding the bag for those expenses. And that's, that's the challenge. I often say the federal government, it feels like they've taken us out for dinner and walked out on the bill. Uh, last year, they provided uh, support to help us fund those shelter spaces. But in 2023, they've just walked away. And the city is at a financial breaking point. We cannot afford to pick up the tab for other levels of government. And you think about the experience of, you know, asylum seeker or refugee. They come to Toronto, they're, they're fleeing persecution, perhaps war-torn countries. Landing them in a general occupancy shelter system, that is not where they ought to be. And so it's about a long-term conversation where, you know, how are we going to deal with the influx of refugees and asylum seekers? We want to be a country that helps out and a city that does that as well, but we can't do it on our own. And so the financial pressures and burdens on the city are such now that we have to have that conversation with the federal government. They have to come to the table with sustainable funding because they're, they're making those decisions, but the city of Toronto is, is the government that has to deal with it. So you mentioned that it was 30%, you know, people that are coming to Canada and, you know, obviously the feds pitched in last year to the tune of 71 million, but they haven't stepped up this year. So I appreciate the analogy of taking you out to dinner and not paying the bill, so to speak. But what about the 70% that are Canadians that are already here and struggling the same way? What's the plan for them? Well, that's why we need to build housing. And, you know, I make the point all the time in a city like Toronto, uh, you know, we ought to be able to do better. You can't live in a park. It's not fair for, you know, those individuals who are are sleeping in tents, and it's not fair for everybody else who would like to fully enjoy and and use the parks in a safe manner. And so the answer to the shelter crisis is not to build more shelter beds that are chronically full. The answer is to build housing. And, uh, you know, in my community, I built 59 supportive housing units. It wasn't easy to do. There was a lot of pushback on that. Um, but now after building those, those uh, 59 supportive housing units with wraparound support so those individuals can be successful in the community, um, you know, it's actually gone, it's gone really well. And we've transformed those individuals' lives because we've given them the dignity of a roof over their head and wraparound support so that they can, they can be successful. But that is the pathway forward. And when I'm elected as mayor, we are going to be doing that across the city because, you know, we, we can't warehouse people in shelters. They have to have stability. They have to have housing. I had a conversation with Cam H uh, a couple weeks back, and those are the, the primary needs that must be satisfied, housing and access to employment uh, in, in terms of finding stability here in Toronto. And so, it, you know, the approach of building more and more shelters, that, that hasn't been helpful, uh, and I don't think that's the way forward in, in the long term. We have to build housing. And of course, you know what? I should say the federal government and the provincial government have been partners on that when it comes to supportive housing. And so that is the model on the on the way forward, a whole of government response and getting people the dignity of a roof over their head. We gotta build housing. We have to do it faster. Brad, I've only got a minute for you, and I apologize. I wish I had more time, but I, I was told in sports, never look at the standings when you're in the middle of a season, but I can't help look at the polls right now and see that Olivia Chow's got a pretty sizable lead on everybody around her. With two weeks to go, obviously this is where you really get down to business and try to make that final push. How do you make up that ground? 
Well, again, I think this is the opportunity for a big push. As I said off the top, people are only starting to tune in now in a substantive way. They've heard about the election for sure over the past couple of weeks and months, uh, but I don't think that they've been in a position where it's like, all right, I'm going to walk into that ballot ballot box and I'm going to have to check a box for somebody. Um, we're making the case that this is about families, it's about new Canadians, it's about seniors, it's about affordability, community safety, and unlocking the gridlock. And, you know, Olivia Chow is going to make life in this city less affordable with a 20% tax increase. I've asked her time and time again, uh, you know, you need to be honest with Torontonians about how high you are going to increase their taxes. And look, Bank of Canada interest rates are rising. You know, the cost of groceries is more money. It costs more to fill up your car at the pump. We are having major affordability challenges here in the city. And rocketing the tax bill is not the way to deal with that. So, that's what this comes down to, and I think um, as we move towards June 26, folks are going to pay attention. It's about the future of this city. It's time for a new chapter in Toronto, and uh, you know I will always be standing up for Torontonians with common sense, practical solutions. Well, Brad, as a guy that raised two kids, I remember those first couple of weeks, and I didn't get much sleep, but hopefully you'll find some in between the last couple of weeks, and uh, best of luck to you, and thank you for your time this morning. I'm loving it every day. Thanks, Rob. Good for you. All right, Brad Bradford. One of the uh, handful of mayoral candidates right now that is rolling up his sleeves, getting ready for a final push, if you will. Like, talk about this long race. It feels like it's been gone on for, <laughs> it seems like a long, long time. But uh, I got to think right now with all the analytic and all the data that's out there, everybody's polling everybody. And uh, at this point, it is definitely the final turn and everybody's coming for the, the ribbon that is stretched across the finish line.